0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the One Book, One School podcast, where we explore the enchanting world of literature together. I'm your host, Mr. McKinney, and today marks the fifth week of our broadcast. We're diving into the heartwarming and thought-provoking pages of 154 to 187 today in the captivating book The One and Only Ivan by Katherine Applegate. But before we delve into today's reading, let's hear from our amazing student listeners. We received some incredible reactions to the book and we can't wait to share them with you. Hi, I'm excited to hear about Stella, Ruby, and Ivan to see how they get along. So I'm really excited to see the next pot, and I'm hoping it's my teacher. Hi, my name is Kate Harper. And my favorite part is when he throws a me ball at um, the two kids that were mean to him that spit and threw pebbles on his domain. Thank you for sharing your wonderful thoughts and reflections on the one and only Ivan. It's incredible to hear how this book has touched each of you in a different way. Now, let's join our fantastic team of third grade teachers as they discuss the latest chapters.
1: Cardinals, welcome back to Costello's One School, One Book podcast. This week, your third grade team, Ms. McClure, Mrs. Dabrowska, and Mrs. Tesla, will be reading the next section from the one and only Ivan.
2: So take a moment and grab your book, find your favorite reading spot, and get ready to see what happens to Ivan and his friends next.
3: Many times we read stories that put a smile on our face. Other times, stories bring out feelings of sadness, anger, or even curiosity. You've seen so far that Ivan's journey isn't all happy. And in today's reading, you might experience some mixed emotions. If you'd like to skip over the pages that might be a little sad or scary, you and your family can choose to skip pages 170 and
1: 171. Remember, characters sometimes have to go on a bumpy journey before they can reach their happy ending. Even gorillas.
2: So, now readers, let's get ready to dive in. So please join us on page 154. And the section is titled Poor Mac. Mac groans. He stumbles to his feet and hobbles off toward his office. "'Ruby watches him leave. "'I can't read her expression. "'Is it afraid, relieved, proud?' "'When Mac is gone, George and Julia lead Ruby from the ring. "'It's okay, baby, it's okay,' Julia says, stroking Ruby's head. "'They settle Ruby in her domain "'and make sure she has fresh water and food. "'Before long, Ruby's dozing. "'Dad?' Julia asks as George locks Ruby's iron door. "'Do you think Mac would ever hurt Ruby?' I don't think so, Jules, George says. At least I hope not. Maybe we could call someone. George scratches his chin. I wish I could help, Ruby, but I wouldn't know how. I mean, who would I call? The elephant cops? Besides. George looks down. I need this job, Jules. We need this job. Your mom, the doctor bills. He kisses the top of Julia's head. Back to work, you and me both. Julia sighs and reaches for her backpack. She removes a piece of paper, a bottle of water, and a small metal box. Homework first, George says, wagging a finger. Then you can paint. It's for our class, Julia explains. We're doing watercolors. I'm going to paint Ruby. George smiles. All right, then. Just don't forget your spelling. Dad, Julia asks again. Did you see Mac's face when Ruby hit him? George nods. Yes, he said solemnly, I did. He shakes his head. Poor Mac. He turns away, and only then do I hear him laughing.
1: The next section is colors. Julia opens the metal box. I see a row of little squares. Green, blue, red, black, yellow, purple, orange. The colors seem to glow. She pulls out a brush with a thin tuft of a tail at its end. She dips the brush in water and wets the paper, then taps at the red square. When the brush meets the damp paper, pink petals of color unfurl like morning flowers. I love that figurative language, readers. Beautiful. I can't take my eyes off that magical brush. For a moment, I'm not thinking about Ruby and Mac and the claw stick and Stella. Almost. Almost. Julia touches red again, then blue, and there, suddenly, is the purple of a ripe grape. She touches the blue, and her paper turns to summer sky, black and white, and now I see that she is painting a picture of ruby. I can make out her floppy ears, her thick legs. Julia stops painting. She takes a few steps back, hands on her hips, gazing at her work. She scowls. It's not right she says. She glances over her shoulder at me. I try to look encouraging. Julia starts to crumple up the paper, then reconsiders. Instead, she slides it into my cage at the spot where my glass is broken. Here you go, she says, a Julia original. That'll be worth millions someday. Gingerly, I pick up the paper. I do not eat a single bite of it. Oh, hey, I almost forgot. Julia runs to her backpack. She pulls out three plastic jars, one yellow, one blue, one red. She opens the jars, and an odd, not food smell hits my nose. Julia pushes the jars one by one through the opening. Then she slides some paper through. These are called finger paints, she says. My aunt gave them to me, but really, I'm too old for finger painting. I stick a finger into the red jar. The paint is thick as mud, it's cool and smooth like bananas underfoot. I pop my finger into my mouth. It's not exactly ripe mango, but it's not bad. Julia laughs. You don't eat it, you paint with it. She grabs a piece of paper and presses her finger on it. See, like this. I place my finger on a piece of paper. I lift it and a red mark is there. I get a bigger glob from the pot and slap my hand down on the page. When I pull my hand off the paper, Its red twin stays behind. This isn't like the ghostly handprints on my glass, the ones my visitors leave behind. This handprint can't be so easily wiped away.
3: I feel like this is a big moment for Ivan.
1: Like, he's discovering something new for the first time, and he sounds pretty excited about it. I agree. I have to disagree with Julia, though. I don't think you're ever too old for (laughs) fingerprinting.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like that's something that even we can do as adults. Okay, we have our next part, a bad dream. I lie awake, peeling dried red paint off my fingertips. Bob, who accidentally walked on one of my paintings, is licking his red paws. Every so often, I glance over at the empty ring. The claw stick glints in in the moonlight. Stop, no! Ruby's frantic cries startle me. Ruby, I call. You're having a bad dream. You're okay, you're safe. "'Where's Stella?' she asks, gulping air. "'Before I can answer, she says, "'Never mind, I remember now.' "'Go back to sleep, Ruby,' I say. "'You've had a hard day.' "'I can't go back to sleep,' she says. "'I'm afraid I'll have the same dream. "'There was a sharp stick, and it hurt.' "'I look at Bob, and he looks back at me. "'Oh,' Ruby says. "'Oh, Mac.' "'She puts her trunk between the bars. "'Do do you think?' She hesitates. Do you think Mac is mad because I hurt him today? I consider lying, but gorillas are terrible liars. Probably, I finally say. He ran away after that. Ruby says. Bob gives a scornful laugh. Crawled away is more I li- is more I- is more like it. Excuse me. We are quiet for a while. Branches claw at the roof. A light rain drums. One of the parrots murmurs something in her sleep. Ruby breaks the silence. Ivan, I smell something funny. <laughs> he can't help it, Bob says. I believe she's referring to the finger paints Julia gave me, I say. What are finger paints? Ruby asks. You make pictures with them, I explain. Could you make a picture of me? Maybe someday. I remember Julia's picture, the one that will be, a, that will be worth a million dollars. I hold it up to the glass. Look, it's you. Julia made it. Uh, it's hard to see, Ruby says. There's not much moonlight. Why do I have two trunks? I examine the picture. Those are feet. Why do I have two feet? That's called artistic license, Bob says. Ruby sighs. "'Could you tell me another story?' she asks. "'I don't think I could ever go back to sleep.' "'I told you all I remember,' I say with a helpless shrug. "'Then tell me a new story,' she says. "'Make something up.' "'I try to think, but my thoughts keep returning to Mac and his claw stick. "'Anything yet?' Ruby asks. "'I'm working on it.' "'Ivan,' Ruby presses.' Bob said you're going to save me. I I search for true words. I'm working on that too. Ivan? Ruby says in a voice so low I can barely hear her. I have another question. I can tell from the sound of her voice that this will be a question I don't want to answer. Ruby taps her trunk against the rusty iron bars of her door do you think she asks that i'll die in this domain someday like aunt stella once again i consider lying but when i look at ruby the half-formed words die in my throat not if i can help it i say instead i feel something tighten in my chest something dark and hot and it's not a domain i add i pause And then I say it, it's a cage.
1: There's another big moment for Ivan. That's the first time he's called it a cage, this whole book. And do you know what this
3: reminded me of? When we had our nesting lesson this year all about integrity and thinking about how um, sometimes it's hard to tell the truth when it's not good news. Um, But Ivan really, he doesn't want to lie. He wants, he doesn't want to make Stella sad. Ruby, Sorry, he doesn't want to make Ruby sad, but he also doesn't want to lie to her. He wants to be a good, honest friend. So he tries to think about how can he be honest, but also not scare her, make her feel worse than she already does.
2: It's tough to
3: do. That is tough. The next
2: section is called The Story. I look at the ring layered with fresh sawdust. I look at the skylight and the half-hidden moon. I just thought of a story, I say. "It is made up." Is it a made-up story or a true one, Ruby asks. True, I say, I hope. Ruby leans against the bars. Her eyes hold the pale moon in them the way a still pond holds stars. Once upon a time, I say, there was a baby elephant, and she was smart and brave, and she needed to go to a place called a zoo. What's a zoo, Ruby asks. (laughs) A zoo, Ruby, is a place where humans make amends. A good zoo is a place where humans care for animals and keep them safe. Did the baby elephant get to the zoo? Ruby asks softly. I don't answer right away. Yes, I say at last. How did she get there, Ruby asked. She had a friend, I say, a friend who made a promise. It takes a long
1: time, but finally Ruby returns to sleep. Ivan, Bob whispers, yawning. What you said, about the zoo. How are you going to do it? Suddenly, I feel as if I could sleep for a thousand days. I don't know, I admit. You'll think of something, Bob says confidently, his voice trailing off as his eyes close. What if I don't? I ask, but Bob is already asleep. His little red feet dance, and I know he's (laughs) running in his dreams. This next part is remembering. Bob and Ruby sleep on. I
3: don't sleep. I think about the promise I made to Stella and the pictures I've made for Ruby, and I remember. I remember it all So friends we're going to get to that part That we said that um, It's kind of a sad jour- it's a sad, a sad journey for Ivan so if you want to skip these next Two parts or skip ahead a little bit You're more than welcome to um, But just remember That Every character has their journey of ups and downs And when there's a down There's got to be an up coming up soon This is what they did. We were clinging to our mother, my sister and I, when the humans killed her. They shot my father next. Then they chopped off their hands, their feet, and their heads. Something else to buy. There is a cluttered, musty store next to my cage. They sell an ashtray there. It
2: is made from the hand
3: of a gorilla.
2: The next section, another Ivan. When morning comes and the parking lot glimmers with dew, I see the billboard on the highway. There I am, the one and only Ivan, bathed in the pink light of dawn. I look so angry and my furled brow brow, and clenched fists. I look the way my father did the day the men came. Am I, I am, I suppose, a peaceful sort Mostly, I watch the world go by and think about naps and bananas and yogurt raisins, but inside me, hidden, is another Ivan. He could tear a grown man's limbs off his body. In the flicker of time, it takes a snake's tongue to taste the air. He could taste revenge. He is the Ivan on the billboard. I stare at the one and only Ivan at the faded picture of Stella, and I remember George and Mac on their ladders, adding the picture of Ruby to bring new visitors To the exit eight, Big Top Mall, and Video Arcade. I remember the story Ruby told, the one where the villagers came to her rescue. I hear Stella's kind, wise voice. Humans can surprise you sometimes. I look at my fingers encoded in red paint, the color of blood, and I know how to keep my promise. I'm kind of like connecting with the idea that don't judge a book by
3: its cover. And that's why Ivan is feeling like he's. People are gonna see this billboard drive by and see that scary picture of a gorilla on the hi, on the uh, on the highway and think, "Oh gosh, that gorilla looks terrifying. He's probably the meanest creature ever." When what we've discovered so far is like he likes to finger paint. He's got this good heart. He's good friends with Stella and with Ruby and. um He's just
1: a funny, funny, funny guy on the inside. He just wants his yogurt raisins, you
2: guys.
1: (laughs) Our next section is days. During the days, I wait. During the nights, I paint. I worry when when Mac takes Ruby into the ring. He carries the claw stick with him all the time now. He doesn't use it. He doesn't have to. Ruby isn't fighting back anymore. She does whatever Mac asks nights
3: I close my eyes I dip my fingers into the paint when I'm done with one piece of paper I set it aside to dry it's so small just one sheet and I'm going to need so many I move on to the next and the next and the next it's a giant puzzle and I'm making the pieces one by one by morning my floor is covered with paintings I hide the paintings under my pool of dirty water before Mac can see them. I don't want them to end up in the, gift, in the gift store selling for $20 a piece or 25 with a frame. These paintings are
2: for Ruby, every one of them. Project. I then, Ruby asks one morning when I am trying to nap, why are you always so sleepy during the day? I've been working on my project at night, I tell her. What project? It's a thing, a painting. It's a painting for you, actually, I answer. Ruby looks pleased. Can I see it? Not yet. Ruby pokes with annoyance at her rope foot. She takes a breath. Ivan, do I have to do the shows with Mac today? I'm afraid so. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Ruby. Ruby dips her trunk in her water bucket. That's okay, she says. I already knew the answer.
1: It's night again, and everyone's asleep. I look at the picture I've just made, one of dozens. It's, it's smudged and torn, a muddy blur. I place it beside the others, lining my floor. The colors are wrong. The shapes are off. It looks like nothing. It's not what I'm trying to create. It's not what it's meant to be. It's not right, and I don't know why. Across the parking lot, the billboard beckons, as it always does. Come to the Exit 8 Big Top Mall and Video Arcade, home of the one and only Ivan, mighty Silverback. If I could use human words to say what I need to say, this would all be so easy. Instead, I have my pots of paint and my ragged pages. I sigh. My fingertips glow like jungle flowers. I try again. Going nowhere. I watch Ruby plod around
3: the ring in endless circles, going nowhere. More visitors have been coming, but not many. Mac says Ruby's not picking up the slack after all. He said he's cutting back on our food. He says he's turning off the heat at night to save money. Ruby looks thinner to me, more wrinkled than Stella ever was. Do you think Ruby's eating enough? I ask Bob. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, though. You're sure as heck painting enough. Bob wrinkles his nose. That stench is unbelievable, and I found yellow paint in my tail this morning. Bob isn't happy about my night painting. He says it's unnatural. Now, while I work at my art, Bob sleeps on not tag. He claims he prefers her because she doesn't snore. He says her belly doesn't rise and fall and make him seasick. "'What is this plan of yours anyway?' Bob asks. "'If you explained it to me, I could help out.' He gnaws at his tail. "'Maybe I could come up with something that doesn't involve, you know, paint?' "'I can't explain it,' I tell him. "'It's an idea in my head, but I can't get it right. "'And anyway, I'm almost out of supplies. "'I should have known I wouldn't have enough.' "'I kick at my tire swing. "'It's spattered with drops of blue paint. "'It's a stupid idea.' I doubt that, Bob says. Smelly, yes. Stupid. Never.
2: Bad guys. Most of the day, I doze. Late in the afternoon, Mac approaches. Bob slips under knot tag. He prefers to keep a low profile around Mac. Mac gaze falls on my pool. A corner of one of my paintings is visible. What's that, big guy, he asks. I calmly eat an orange, ignoring him. But my heart is racing. Matt kicks at my plastic pool. Underneath it is all the paintings. Mac yanks on a piece of paper. It slips out easily, and he doesn't seem to notice the other paintings. The page is stripped with green, and which, it, which is what happens when blue paint and yellow paint get together. It's supposed to be a patch of grass. Not bad. Where'd you get the paint anyway, George's kid? He considers, hmm... I'll bet I can get 30 for this picture, maybe even 40. Mac turns on my TV. It's a Western. There's a human with a big hat and small gun. He has a shiny star pinned to his chest. That means he is a sheriff and he'll be getting rid of all the bad guys. If this sells quick, I'm getting you some more of that paint, buddy, Mac says. He walks away with my painting, Ruby's painting, for a moment I imagine what it would feel like to be the sheriff. Right, and our last section we're reading today is called Add.
1: Good news, huh? Bob says when Mac's out of earshot. Looks like you might be getting some more supplies. I don't want to paint for Mac, I say. I'm painting for Ruby. You can do both, Bob says. You're an artist, after all. While I watch the movie, I try to come up with a new hiding place for my paintings. Maybe, I think, I could fold them once they're dry and stuff them into knot tag. It's a long movie. At the end, the sheriff marries the woman who owns the saloon, which is a watering hole for humans, but not horses. It's been a long time since I've seen a Western that was also a romance. I like that movie, I say to Bob. Too many horses, not enough dogs, he comments. An ad comes on. I don't understand ads. They're not like Westerns, where you know who the bad guy is supposed to be. And they're hardly ever romantic... Unless the man and the woman are brushing their teeth before they face lick. (laughs) I watch an ad for underarm deodorant. How do you know who's who if they don't smell, I asked Bob. (laughs) Humans reek, Bob replies. They just don't notice because they have incompetent noses. Another ad comes on. I see children and their parents buying tickets, just like the tickets Max sells. They laugh, enjoying their ice cream cones as they walk down a path. They pause to watch two sleepy-eyed cats, huge and striped, dozing in long grass. Tigers. I know, because I saw them on a nature show once. Words flash on the screen, accompanied by a drawing of a red giraffe. The giraffe vanishes, and I see a human family staring at another kind of family. Elephants, old and young. They're surrounded by rocks and trees and grass and room to wander. It's a wild cage, a zoo. I see where it begins and where it ends, the wall that says you are this and we are that, and that is how it will always be. It's not a perfect place. Even in just a few fleeting seconds on my TV screen, I can see that. A perfect place would not need walls. But it's the place I need. I gaze at the elephants and then look over at Ruby, small and alone. Before the ad ends, I try to remember every last detail. Rocks, trees, tails, trunks. It's the picture I need to paint.
3: to really have an impact on the type of art and the finger painting that he he likes to call it. I wonder if it's going to change the type of art he creates now having this new vision and um, how that's going to affect him as an
1: artist. You'll have to tune in next week to (laughs) Costello's One Book or One School One Book podcast to find out. Thanks, friends, for joining
3: in with us. We hope you enjoyed this week's section. We hope you're having an amazing, safe summer, and we look forward to seeing you
2: soon. Yeah, keep reading, Cardinals.
0: Thank you, teachers, for your insightful discussion on the themes and moments from today's reading. It's incredible how this book continues to captivate our minds and hearts. And thank you to all of our student listeners for sharing your wonderful reactions. Your voices truly enrich our Costello reading experience. That's all the time we have for today's episode. But remember, keep reading and exploring the fascinating world of literature. Tune in next week as we continue our journey through the one and only Ivan on the Story Squad podcast. Until then, happy reading.